Hi guys and welcome today to Youth Voices. This is a youth project uh, called CDYS and we're we're happy on the podcast trend. Um, today I'm joined by Eva McCormack, Alice O'Sullivan and Laura Flynn. Uh, today we kind of want to speak about the traditional and the hybrid leaving cert. Um, kind of bounce around the table and talk back and forth, share opinions and views. So obviously everything started with the traditional leaving cert but then there was the impact of COVID. Um, Everyone joined around the table has been affected, apart from Laura. Laura is joining us in order to share a view on the traditional leaving cert when it was not affected by COVID and how that affected her in terms of mental health, uh, etc. So I'm going to hand this over to Eva and I just kind of want you to start off and share your impact of COVID. Well, like, obviously I'm only in sixth year doing my leaving cert this year, so it's not the same impact as those who had done it last year would have had. But even those three months out of school, last year they meant a lot and I don't think people understand just how much they meant I mean we missed the end of our TY or in some cases if you did skip third year and that I think that was a big curve that we came back into a school where we had no slow weaning into schoolwork again we were brought back in and immediately we had to re- hit the ground running to prepare for the leaving cert in those three months offline I can tell you online I can tell you nothing that happened I genuinely do not remember a single thing about online school in my own home I could not learn properly. I mean, I can't even study at home, let alone learn something from scratch at home. It was absolutely ridiculous trying to cram any bit of knowledge into my head at home. The teachers try their best and it's not down to the teachers. They put in their last to keep us going. But the thought that we could actually properly function at home when our beds were right beside us or our kitchen, which is down the road, it was impossible. I Any student will tell you that. It was next to impossible. Yeah, no, I can definitely see a motivation lacking with that. Alice, how has that affected you? Um, with Eva's point, we miss so much in our course. Like right now, we can't be doing our experiments in biology or, you know, chemistry because we're not allowed to touch any of the equipment because of COVID. So we've missed out on all of that. And during the online school, just like Eva, I wasn't able to learn anything from online school just because I'm more of a visual learner more than kind of listening. I have to see it. So. Yeah, that's fair. And a big impact for me, um, I would have an altered leaving cert to a point where we didn't have to sit exams, but we had choice of option grades. Uh, that definitely meant that we had a lot of exams during the week. Now, I wasn't someone who was hell-bent on school. Uh, my attendance was poor, but uh, even I could, uh, even I was impacted severely by the COVID. Um, in general, for the traditional leaving cert, how has that affected your mental health? I Even just the thought of sitting the traditional leaving cert was terrifying. Like, in TY... I had it in my head for some reason that I would never be seeing the traditional leaving cert. I don't know what it was, but like the junior cert, I knew it. It was happening. That was final from sixth class on. It was something I knew. Sitting the actual leaving cert was never a thought that genuinely crossed my mind. I thought by some miracle I'd be wished away somewhere magical that didn't have this leaving cert to sit. Like, and then the idea of it, especially because, I mean, come on, our changes came out yesterday. Like, we didn't really know what we were actually facing until a few days ago and the exam is in a few months. Everything is still changing. Like we were told our practicals would never change. And as a music student, I had to face those changes just a few weeks ago. The orals, they're the same for now, but I mean, who knows? They could turn around in six weeks and be like, actually guys, we're changing the orals. Like I think traditional leaving cert is bad for your mental health in a sense that like it's so much pressure and stress, but so is this not knowing what's around the corner, not knowing what change is coming next. Like, we genuinely do not know what we'll be facing in June at this rate because of how much is being changed constantly. Yes. Uh, Laura, just a quick question. Um, as someone who sat the traditional leaving search, how would you say mental health-wise has that affected you? And then like, 
on top of that, would you say there's pressure with it? Um, I think there is a bit of pressure, but I, I feel there's more structure. Um, as the girls were just saying there, they spent a lot of time at home um, trying to study and learn for their exams and things like that. Whereas we were in a classroom base and I think that um, the teachers are there to offer support all the time. Um, whereas like you might feel pressured at home to get in touch with a teacher and things like that. Whereas if they're actually in front of you, you might go up and say, I'm struggling with something. So um, I feel like, you know, we had a bit of a, an advantage there so, sometimes. like, But then there is a lot of pressure with the traditional leave insert as well. Um, a lot of subjects to do, a lot of study. Um, you go from transition year and then straight into fifth year. Transition year is kind of relaxed year. And then you have to go into fifth year and it's all work 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 so it's tough um i have a quote there from mick barry on him comparing the educational system to a rat race Can you share your opinions on that part um i think sometimes it just depends on the person i think um some people aren't um a study type of person i know i'm more practical so like you know the pressure is on so i i do agree with that point anyway yeah um, opinions on kind of like a, a continuous based assessment. So obviously in America, they have the GPA in which every module, every exam that they would take and any assessments that they were given, they were all taken into consideration in order to give them an overall grade. Mm-hmm. How would you guys feel about that being introduced here in Ireland as kind of our education system opposed to the current one in place? I like the idea, but I also think the inspiration to be drawn from the English system of once you get to your A-levels, either you choose to do an apprenticeship or if you do keep it on, you keep on what you like. I mean, if you were to only take my English grades, my history grades, my music grades, I would be a H1 student. I do something like maths and physics. And yes, I may have chose physics, but, you know, I didn't realize at the time how much math based it was. TY was taken away from us. I got a chance to properly experience that. So, you know, if you, if you take away these subjects that I genuinely struggle with, I would be a H1 student. Like I, what I'm good at, I'm good at. And I can get the the marks. I can get the points. I can do really well. But the minute you tell a student that doesn't like maths, that they have to do maths and they have to get above a H6 to get 25 extra points and you make it, like you said, a rat race, they're going to do their best to fight and put so much stress and pressure. Whereas at least in America, well, yes, there's still that stress and pressure. I know that if I don't do well on this one ginormous exam at the end of the year, I have countless other exams that I did really well in to fall back on. And then in the English system, it's a situation where like, I don't have to do what I don't like. If I don't like maths, I don't comprehend what's happening in maths. I have the option of dropping it once it gets to a stage where it actually matters for the rest of my future. Yeah, no, pers- I agree. And like personally for myself, uh, I'm a huge fan of the American system, seeing as there's a lot of continuity with it. Like, you know, what you learn, you're kind of dependent on to get it over with there and then. Um, I feel like I would very much prefer the American system. However, I still feel in a sense, uh, it might not be as accommodating to those students who have like, for instance, ADHD, dyslexia, dyscalculia, etc. Um, I just feel like there's surely a better way to judge someone like for instance there's a favorite quote i have it's like if you take all the animals in a jungle and you try to say you take an elephant um a monkey a lion and a fish and you ask them all to climb a tree and you're judging them on that ability it's very clear that the monkey's going to win obviously a fish can't climb let alone like a lion you know struggle but it will get there my point is yes we're all human but we shouldn't be judged by the same means like for instance i was never able to concentrate I didn't have motivation to be there. It wasn't something I was interested in. I could not apply myself for that reason. 
So I feel like if there was a way to accommodate students like myself, you'd see a better outcome because obviously there's a lot of career paths I've considered and that I'd like to go into, but because of the way the education system is, I've been limited in a sense. Um, Alice, do you have an opinion on the whole mental health situation in terms of how the education system is now? Um, I think it's really, really unfair for like teachers to expect students to learn from first year to sixth year and then to just regurgitate all that information and put it on one paper. Like that's, I think that's going to cause loads of like anxiety and like stress for the students that just isn't worth it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, obviously, with the impact of COVID, uh, we've had, we've been led to a hybrid leave, leaving cert um, and just kind of like how it's changed a tradition, uh, traditional leaving cert. Um, I'm going to bounce back to Eva to leave her make her point on the last statement and then we're going to continue with that question. Uh, I was just going to say that, like, with regards to, like, DARE, I know I know the system established to help those with mental health disorders and, and like, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, but it doesn't do much. All it says is that, oh, you can't concentrate, you can't do this, we'll give you reduced points. And that is not fair either in the sense that, like, that makes a student, like, I know I'm applying for DARE and I, I need the, the, the advantages it gives me in college, but with regards to points, it makes me feel almost worthless. It's like, oh, you don't know how to do the same thing else, we'll give you reduced points. That's not a problem for me, you know. I am scoring high points, even with subjects I fail and don't do well in. It's the fact that I have had to struggle to get there and I've had to put my mental health at risk to get there. You know, it's like, I can reach the same points. I do not need your your little advantage of lowered points. I need a scheme that's actually there to help me as someone who cannot focus in class because I don't have the right mental capacity to do so. But no. the DARE scheme does give resources, like, you know, if you need, like counseling or extra resources like laptops to study and things like that that they do give that to some students with certain like learning disabilities so yes um just on the topic of there for me what, what i see it looking at that is yes they've identified students have these you know incapabilities when it comes to learning and struggling in the classroom my question is why are they putting something in place to help them when they're out of the out of the school rather than giving them some sort of system during the school to help them, like, you know, maybe just be assessed differently. Yeah. Like, I acknowledge that Alice said about, like, getting laptops and getting counselling. And, like, that is that is amazing, but that should be separate to your actual leaving cert. Like, technically, all the advantages they give you are in college. You know, I'm applying to get counselling in college. I'm applying to get a laptop in college. Why not help me get to college to begin with, you know? Why not help someone who cannot focus in class find a new way to learn so that they can focus? I mean, I can't sit still for 40 minutes, but I have to. If it's a double class, I have to sit still for 80 minutes. It's ridiculous. Like, or in some places, obviously, like some schools have hour-long classes. I know that. Like, it's if you can't sit still for more than 20 minutes, how are they expecting you to sit in an exam hall for three hours? And that's correct as well. Like, um, no matter where you guys are listening to this, uh, if you agree with the points made in this podcast, uh, Feel free to share it with friends, family, etc. Just before we bounce to the topic of the hybrid leaving cert. Uh, just a quick idea. If you feel strongly about the points like we do, tweet this at the Minister for Education. Get get the word out there that this is how students feel and kind of help the voice be heard. Uh, just touching back on the hybrid leaving cert. Um, Eva, how has it kind of changed now that... Uh, it's changed very... It really varies depending on like what subject you're doing. Like genuinely, I mean, in English, we're able to cut out an entire section. If you don't like Othello, you can just not do Othello. But I don't think it necessarily still helps students because it's, it's it's not necessarily giving us the choice. It's more so that like they've given us a choice, but you have to pick from that choice. It would probably be much better 
to have other forms of adjustments or like, you know, I'm a really big fan of continuous-based assessment. I think it's the best way to actually get an accurate result of any student. The best H1 student in the entire country could wake up on the maths exam, wake up late, miss their bus, forget to bring their pencil case in with them. Anything like that can happen and affect what is basically the outcome of the rest of your life. And I know people say it doesn't matter that much in 10 years time, you won't care, but it matters if it comes to college. I mean, what if you are a medicine student who needs 625 to get into college and you wake up and you miss your bus or you leave, you know, like I said, there's so many different things that you cannot control, but it's all down to one day at the end. And the hybrid leaving does not account for this. Or like, I mean, seeing the times, what happens if I get COVID? There is no protocol in place for if I have COVID during my exams. Yeah, no, I've definitely heard of that as well, actually. Um, Alice, my kind of view or understanding, uh, just to correct myself, is that, yes, the Leaving Cert material has changed to an extent, meaning when you go into an exam, you do have more option, you do have more freedom. But am I correct in saying that um, the workload is still the same? You are still learning the same course material and the same pressure is there. Uh, the only thing that has kind of changed within the classroom is the fact that there's more exams just in case there is a risk of, you know, being judged on your grades there throughout the year. The only thing actually changed is how we actually do the paper in the exam. Like we do have more options, like pick between different kind of like topics to write on. And you've got more option than that, but you have the exact same course to learn and you have to learn just the amount, like the whole amount again. Like there's nothing changed about how much you actually do have to learn. So it is quite simply the same apart from when it comes to the actual exam day. And and which is why um, the student union, they did a survey and it turned out that 68% of um, students wanted a hybrid leaving cert and then the government just completely ignored that. See, that's one thing I feel though genuinely is that the student's voice is there. It is loud enough. The government is just not listening. Now, just on the topic of the hybrid leaving cert, um, obviously we're kind of talking right now about the actual leaving cert and the process of it. Uh, but one thing that's been noticed uh, is uh, a spike in the course points needed for certain courses. Now, this isn't a topic I'm too familiar with, so I'm just going to hand the mic to someone who does know a bit more than about me. So Eva, take it away. Um, okay, so first of all, if we keep going the way we're going, so if you were to get the same, the exact same leaving cert as last, as last year, the exact same hybrid, the exact same changes, the exact same options when it comes to um, getting uh, your teachers to give you your grade, then courses will remain the same. They might spike. Again, it really does depend on the subject in the course because we have had less coursework to be based off of, but it is the only way in which we can keep up with deferrals. That is going to be a big issue this year because we want the spike will reduce. So that means that points will go down for every single course, which you know, for most part, it isn't a bad thing. But if there's, let's just say that there's like a hundred medicine deferrals for one college, that's never going to happen. But let's say that, th- that all of these deferrals happen to go to the same college. That immediately cuts out the chances of most of our year getting into this one particular college, you know? Um, and then there was obviously the idea that like, just because the courses are dropping doesn't mean that it's going to be more accessible. I mean, I looked at UCC, an arts course was 430 points, I th- I believe. I need to obviously confirm that, but like, it's an arts degree. You know, the, the degree that was considered on social media, the joke, you, oh, you get an arts degree, haha, so funny, is now suddenly worth almost as much as what veterinary used, used to be or dentistry would have been just five years ago, you know? And then obviously there's the idea that, but then the one idea, on the other hand, there's the idea that like, 
the course points we see now was the lowest earned last year. Yes, obviously it was a big problem last year, but if you see um, any course that says 560 points, that means the lowest amount of points in there was 560. So there is the idea that like, yes, I understand why people are worried about points and courses rising, but if the course points are rising, that means the students' points are rising. So there is that to balance it out, the idea that like, yes, you can be freaked out and worried that you won't get 625 for your course, but if last year's got it and that was the lowest possible grades given for that, because that's the points work, you know, the points that you see are the points of the lowest student who got in there, then that means that like predicted grades must have some advantage and benefit in that regards. But a question I have for you is, do you feel the whole predicted grades is a fair assessment? I know it is a, a nicer alternative to have there, but um, is that, you know, is that something that you'd consider fair, Alice? I feel like teachers can be very, very biased to a student if like they might not like that student because maybe they don't do their homework or something, meaning that they're going to give them a bad grade, even if maybe they do get H1s in their ex- like class exams. Okay, now, now that's something I completely agree with. Now, just to put it on record, it is stated that teachers do have to non-be biased, etc. However, you know, is this something you feel that they actually stand to? Um, I think that it really does depend. I mean, I'm just going to say it right here, right now. A quote I've heard passed around by my entire year, all year round is, I'm going to be the best possible student in this one class because I need those split the grades. Now, obviously, I've made it much more um, PG than the actual quote you hear going around. But, oh, you God. know, people have been people have been saying, like, the, the extents people are willing to go with their teacher to like them this year because they are so fearful that their entire future will be down to this one teacher say. And, yeah, I get it. They have the unbiased. But, I mean, if you're doing a predicted grade, you're going to take all aspects and considerations. That will mean class behavior, homework test like school tests I mean you could literally be a teacher's favorite student but if you're getting h4s h5s they can't suddenly make you a h1 student yeah no a genuine quick question that I do have and it's not to any of you guys it's just uh, like anyone with authority that might be listening is is there any way that they could possibly change the predicted grade system for instance is there a way they can obviously and something that's clear from us talking in general and stuff that you might hear being in a secondary school uh, students do believe that there is, um, you know, biased predicted grades being given. So is there a way that that can be changed? And not even a way just for because of COVID. I think the leaving search should be changed in general. Like what Mick Barry was saying about it being a rat race. Like just my opinion is the whole leaving search should just kind of be put away and maybe have continuous based assessment or, you know, based on things like work experience and things like that. Carrying on from Alice's point, we changed the junior cert. We sat a junior cert where a lot of our grade w- did come from a classroom-based assessment. Junior cert students now going into leaving cert, no longer having this option, no longer having this easier coursework. How did they're going to feel? Like you know, it's we did maybe three subjects, class-based assessments, and two of them were optional in most schools, being science and business. But how do you think the years below us that had a full classroom-based assessment junior cert are going to feel suddenly being told, actually, you know that history where you wrote one page in the uh, did a little classroom assessment? Now I write six pages on every single essay you have to write in your leaving search. You know, we can't just change one of our set exams and expect the other to continue on the exact same way. And I know that there's plans of changing it eventually, but why eventually? I mean, it would make way more sense to change the leaving cert and how the junior cert follows suit eventually. You know, like it would have made more sense to do it in reverse because the leaving cert is considered the exam that matters. The junior cert is always, I've heard teachers call the leaving the junior cert a practice. 
a practice run at a state exam. Now, just kind of on the topic of um, basically, uh, for instance, we're speaking about predicted grades. We're speaking about how the students are assessed. Quick question, and I want your opinions on it. How do you guys feel about the, the so there's a conversation going around right now. How do you guys feel about open access to third level education? I am both for and against. The idea would be amazing in theory. You know, we all get access to education. There's not a worry about, the, you know, the, the, as the thrown around word of the day is, the rat race is gone. But it's not. It's delayed a year. Because you still have to have some form of examination to who see you can actually remain in the college course. The colleges don't have the capability of keeping all, I don't know, let's say 140 students in there. There is a course in, UC, in UCC, a, bi- a biomedicine course. It accommodates 30 people. If that's a, if it's now open college, they're not going to handle 100 students in there. So, you know, it's still going to be there. The, the, the examination fight will still be there, but it'll just be delayed. The only upside is that hopefully at this stage, you're doing a course or a subject that you like and the exam pressure is decreased, but it's still there. See, while you are correct, I do feel as though there can be some sort of way. It doesn't necessarily need to be an examination, but I do feel like there is some sort of way that, you know, giving open access, there can be regulations to who gets into a certain course and who doesn't. Like, for instance, an interview process, etc. Like, there's definitely a way that you can sit down with a person who wants to do a course, see their interest in it. Maybe they might have a portfolio on work they've done to get to that stage in the knowledge, you know. I do feel as though there is a possible way for third level. I definitely agree, but if we can't even figure out how to give fair for the grades, how do you think they're going to figure out open access to college? Like, I, In the future, there is a high chance we'll get there. But if we were to do it this year, it would flop way harder than predicted grades did last year. But how are the colleges supposed to decide who gets what position? Yeah, it's like, it's so unfair. Like, I understand that a lot of colleges, a lot of scholarships do have interview process but it goes from interviewing maybe 100 people for a scholarship to interviewing 500 people for one course you know yeah but see i kind of have this um opinion basically if you're giving it open access you know the whole determination to get so many points is it's gone therefore like People aren't just going to say, oh, I want to be a doctor. Don't get me wrong. There will be the handful. It's the handful. Uh, that's inevitable. Like there is going to be people that just want to go into a career because of the possible income they'll make for it, whatever. However, there's a lot of us in sixth year, fifth year, you know, TYs are getting to a stage where they might be deciding. Uh, but people do realize what career they want to go into. They know what kind of life they want to live. Like, for instance, I've known since kind of TY, fifth year, I'd love to go into some sort of media or some something like that or youth work. Now, for me to go towards one of those courses, obviously I've interested in it, as I said earlier, and I mentioned that, but like, I don't feel as though people are just going to randomly go for courses when there's no specialty of needing points, etc. It's like, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Um, so kind of just another question I have for Laura is, how do you, what's your opinion? Like, obviously you sat the traditional leaving cert when COVID was not a thing. Therefore, what's your opinion and your kind of views on how this whole hybrid leaving cert and predict the grades and everything like that? What's your opinion on that? Well, I think the the continuous assessment would be a brilliant thing because personally myself, 
I found like you go from fifth year to sixth year and you're expected to bring all that in and write that all into an essay in two years. Um, but I used to go into my exams and just go completely blank. I would study and study and have it all and I just go in and go blank. And like with the open access thing there, like I think it would be a brilliant thing. Now, maybe it mightn't happen for a couple of years, but I think personally, like I did not get the points um, to go do my social care course. So I went into the P- PLC course and now I'm currently in my year two of social care. So there is a way around things. But if I had open access that time, I was really interested in doing social care and I just didn't get the points for it. So I had to go and do a PLC course. Now that did help me. Um, those two years, the PLC course that I did really did help me say, oh, I really want to do social care now. And then I applied for my social care course. But I'm 24 now, do my social care course, whereas I could have been 18 doing it, 18, 19. Now I know still, <laughs> still young, but still um, I could have been done my social care course and everything if I had that opportunity. Um, now not everything is feasible at the moment but like if they start looking into things like this and just start something slowly and then just progress on you know it could be just that they trial it for one year and they might just scrap another year and say look this we we need to start working on this thing now Um, but I do think it should be introduced and continuous assessment as well because um, not everyone can sit down and write down things that they know with two years it's just I think it's crazy and not everyone is a person to sit down in an exam and write everything down. Someone might be able to do it through art or like even practically. You know, it's it's just all set on academically and not everyone's able for that, you know. Yeah, and a point you made there was, um, you know, you could have had the option of finishing earlier. Yeah. I, now, yeah. I'm going to bring up a topic uh, which you guys can get to hear in next week's podcast. However, basically... I feel as though giving open access might give, you know, students that leverage of finishing college that small bit earlier. Um, If not, it would allow them to take gap years. My point with that is accommodation prices here in Ireland for housing, etc. It is almost impossible for students to move out and get on their feet and become independent. Um, I feel as though being able to finish uh, finish college earlier may give them that luxury of an easier start or a better start at doing what they want and getting out at their feet at a younger age, hence for bringing more independence. But that is for, as I said, for next week's podcast, we will speak about um, the housing and getting out on your own as a teenager here in Ireland. Um, Just another topic, like uh, basically we just discussed the hybrid leaving cert and changes that could be made, changes that have been made. Um, Obviously going forward, we do want change for the leaving cert. We would like to see something different. Um, one of the biggest changes that we would want with, like, obviously we'd be really happy with getting the changes of the Leaving Cert, but it would be great and fantastic to see changes to accommodate students. Like, I'm going to get the guys here to speak on, uh, student accommodate, being, being accommodated, uh, in terms of mental health and just conditions they may have that will affect their learning. And I'm just going to give it over to Alice for a second. Alex is, uh, Alice, sorry, another young member in a service who you might meet on next week's podcast was supposed to be here today. Um, so I got a bit confused. However, I'm going to hand the mic over to Alice and she's going to speak on dyscalculia and how she's struggling to get diagnosed with it in a desh school right now and how the school is not very accommodating for that. Um, so I did research on, you know, being in a desh school and I read about it and apparently they, that desh schools are supposed to 
if you think you may have a learning disability and show like struggles with like English or maths or subjects like that, then um, that DESH school is supposed to give you a resource to get you a test or a diagnosis or, you know, someone to come in um, that's qualified to give that test. But um, I sent a dozen emails and I talked to loads of teachers and they all said, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you. But um, after a few months, when finally someone actually did get back to me, they just kind of said, oh, uh, we're not going to give it to you because we don't think you need it because we think you're doing like well in these subjects, um, even though they weren't my math teacher or my English teacher or things like that. So I just think it's unfair that, you know, the way Dutch schools are supposed to give you those resources, but they're not. Now, obviously, we're not completely being harsh on the fact that students are not fully being accommodated like there is a lot more they could do for students in them terms however I'm going to hand over to Eva for a second just to speak on her experience with it. Uh, I don't go to a DESH school so this might be a little bit shocking to some of you that semi-private schools can be uh, helpful at times but um, I don't go to a DESH school but I have severe anxiety and other uh, mental health disorders that do severely uh, hinder my ability to actually sit examinations, let alone study for them, let alone learn for them. I found it hard to even sit inside of them. I had a panic attack during multiple junior exams that caused me le- to leave early. And one thing that I found that does not help is a large room. I can't sit there with people around me tapping and whispering and, you know, fiddling around. It drives me absolutely insane. So I spoke to my guidance counselor about this, filling out my DARE application. And one of the first things that she said to me was, we can get you a private exam centre or at the very least a smaller exam centre. It's not guaranteed it'll be just me alone, but it won't be me with 20 other people. It'll be me with maybe max four or five. And now there still is, you know, I still have to go about it and there's still ways that I'm kind of, you know, jumping through hoops to get it in a sense. I need to have a doctor's letter and so on and so forth or a psychiatrist that are being like, hey, she needs this. And they can still reject me, but as of current... I've been promised for my pre's, the very least, a private examination centre. And this isn't the be all end all. This is not going to cure any leaving issues, but it is definitely a severe help. Like, you know, it's it takes away a large pressure that I did face in my junior study exams, which, like I said, they're a trial run, you know, fucking eliminates me that that hindered my ability to do well in junior cert. Surely I can do a little better in leaving cert, you know? Yeah. Um, and just kind of on that topic with students and mental health, we we'll be diving that into a later episode in our podcast um that's gonna be all from us today guys uh we're gonna wrap it up here however uh any post and update on this podcast and any other projects we might do you may be able to find over on instagram or facebook at cdos for moy uh cdos for moy is a youth organization here in Formoy helping young people in many different ways if you have not heard of us it wouldn't be a bad thing to check us out um we run with age groups from like 12 and upwards uh everyone is welcome thank you guys